Thank you for tuning in to this exciting episode of the 35K a Day podcast. I am your host, Michael David, a.k.a. MD. Man, I am stoked about this podcast. Why am I stoked about this podcast, you may ask? Well, it's very simple. If you've been listening to me at all, if you know it of me or know me at any extent, you know this one fact about me. I believe we are in the greatest era for small businesses to globally scale without the billions that have ever been required by the big brands. Why? Because of one amazing invention called social media. If you do not understand the weight and importance and gravity of social media and how it can actually impact your business in a positive way, it's because you refused to adapt to the modern society because you want to romanticize the way things used to be back in the day. But here's the really funny, ironic thing about the mindset of the old school businessman. Back in the day, I bet you, you wished there was a way that you could use the radio, television, magazine, newspaper, flyer, billboard to really showcase what made you different. But it's difficult to do that in 30 seconds. It's difficult to do that in a static billboard. It's difficult to do that in a Yellow Pages ad. Yeah, I just said Yellow Pages and for most of the millennial generation, have no fucking clue what a Yellow Pages book even is. <laughs> Which is still mind-blowing to me. <clears throat> I digress. So you used to think that you were upset that you didn't have a way to use advertising at that time to clearly differentiate you when you knew you were better than your competition who were buying the billboards, who were buying the ads, who were putting themselves on TV. And it came down to service. And that as soon as somebody walked in the door of your business, you gave them, I would hope, the best service possible. And you didn't have the money to brand your business as consistently and as broadly as you needed to do, like Coke, like Chevy, like Pepsi, like Nike, like Adidas, like Marlboro. You get my drift? You see, the difference between a small business and a big brand is, of course, their budgets. Every year, the major brands spend billions of dollars a year to brand their products and service. And I didn't say sell. I didn't say advertise. I said brand. Branding is about introducing the audience to an emotion that they want tied to their brand. That's branding. Branding is emotion. Branding is a feeling. Branding is a way to appeal to a sense of the consumer that really draws them in because we as humans do not make purchases 
with logic. We make them with emotion, but yet we use logic to justify the emotional decision. Do you feel me? I hope you'll listen to that because this is Advertising Tactics Psychology 101. And if you do want to succeed in your business in this modern day and age, please hear me, hear me out, listen to me, because I really want you to figure out how to win in your business. I don't care if you're B2B or direct to consumer, brick and mortar, doesn't matter. You could be (coughs) selling fuzzy socks on Etsy, doesn't matter. Whatever your business is now, online, brick and mortar, doesn't matter. You now have the power that was once only available to the brands with deep pockets. You know why you have that power? Because consumers no longer really inherently believe in big brands anymore. We have that feel-good sense, that philanthropic drive to feel as though we, our hard-earned dollar, was spent on a small local business because we are investing in someone's dream. It's a sense of opportunity of ownership that we feel vested in a small brand, that we are part of the story. Whether you are making machine parts for the oil and gas industry, I don't care. Whether you are a New Orleans restaurant, whether you are a franchise of barbershops, or you're a car dealer, or you're an insurance agent, you're a realtor, You're a boutique, you're a photographer, you're an attorney, you're a chiropractor, a dentist, a plastic surgeon, an accountant, a bookkeeper, a car wash. I could go down the list all day long. But if you are sitting back and not really going into the, to figure out how you can utilize this greatest tool that's been handed to you that's absolutely free. That's what's mind-blowing. You don't have to run ads through social media. But I will tell you why it will be important in a minute. But today I'm talking about influencer marketing. Because why is influencer marketing so powerful? Well, let me give you a few statistics that can allow you to understand the gravity of what influencer marketing is. And now let me distinguish, influencer marketing is not new, it's just repackaged. We have known it for a long time as endorsements. We take the voice, the image, the popularity of, (coughs) 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 excuse me, You take the popularity of an athlete, a celebrity, an actor, anybody in the public eye, and you take them and you have them wear a sneaker. You have them drink your drink. You, let's say the panel of judges of America's Got Talent and the cups on their desk are labeled Sonic or Coca-Cola. Well, that is a paid endorsement because you are leveraging the audience where the audience's attention is to get you in the mix. 
influencer marketing is now two parts. One part, celebrity influencer. Other part, non-celebrity influencer. Non-celebrity being the average Joe that has found popularity through the things they are posting about and writing about and talking about through social media, i.e. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, and blogs. Oh, and also podcasts such as this on iTunes and Spotify, Amazon Music, as well as popular profiles on Pinterest and Etsy. So now that has given the non-celebrity influencer actually 10 times more influence over purchases than a celebrity, 10 times. And let me explain to you why this influence is so powerful. We know in our subconscious that when a celebrity endorses a product, they're only going to do it because they're paid to. They sold out. They're making bank. They're trying to get their dollars before their career is over. We know that. We inherently know that. It's kind of the same thing as when we go to Google and we're searching for something and we have two options. We have the paid ad at the very top. Then we have the organic listings at the bottom. This is an exact correlation of what influencer marketing is. The top, we know the company is paid to be there, which is why positions one and two on Google, if it says ad, only yields 25% of the clicks. 75% of the clicks on Google go to organic positions two through six because we know inherently those businesses authentically hustled to get my attention. Influencer marketing is the exact same. So I want you to be able to separate the two away from celebrity to non-celebrity because non-celebrity influencing is where you are going to be able to actually help grow your business by doing it smart. But there are some changes that have occurred through social media that I really want to address. I have scaled businesses globally on the back of Instagram and Facebook with zero paid ads, but authentic influencer marketing. And I want to explain to you how I did that, how I still continue to do that, and how I know you can do it too and succeed way more than you even realize. Now, look, I, I get it. You may be an old school businessman. You may be new to business. You may be really kind of new to social media. Because you kind of hopped on because, well, you saw some other people on there and, well, you wanted to keep up with your friends from school or high school or, you know, your family's kids or whatever, but you really don't use it because I get it. You're focused, you're grinding, you're looking at building your business. But social media is literally word of mouth on steroids. Social media is literally business development next level. If you think about it, because this is what's really amazing about social media. And I understood this as soon as I got on AOL. Y'all know what I'm talking about. AOL, when you got to CD in the mail to download it to your computer with the dial up modem. <coughs> where you had to get the PCM iCard slot put in that extended the little uh, phone cord adapter. Yeah. But here's the amazing thing. I got on to AOL 
and I hopped into chat rooms. And all of a sudden, in a, a mere few minutes, from my couch or my chair, I was talking to people on the other side of the planet. That's what social media has allowed you to do. You can market your business or service. You can make genuine connections without leaving the couch. I find it hilarious how so many people will not take a phone call. Just text me what so many say. I, call me a little old school, love phone calls. As a matter of fact, because of our digital age, I actually do most of my meetings with clients via FaceTime, via Skype, via Facebook video message. Matter of fact, I have a strategy call with a business owner later today via Facebook. Thank you, technology. Many of the clients of my marketing firm of Tech Media, I've actually never met face-to-face. Mind-blowing. Only one high-ticket client did I actually meet because I sat next to him in first class. Now, why did I fly first class? It's not because I'm fancy. Matter of fact, I actually, it was a bit of a stretch because I'm actually kind of a frugal guy. Both my wife and I are. But I had to go visit a client. And the thing that I've learned is when you want to strike a conversation with somebody of decision, you have to go find out where they are. I just so happen to sometimes go grab a cocktail at a couple of fancy schmancy bars that I know people with high net worth go hang out (coughs) because I want to meet decision makers. It was the same thing for first class. My trip to the client I was actually sitting next to the CMO of a large media company, event media, like concerts and shit. Made a great contact, actually did some consulting for them about social media. (laughs) On the way home from the client, I sat next to the CEO of a large global manufacturer who we ended up doing several high ticket projects for. So it's about attention and figuring out where the attention exists of prospects for your business. So influencer marketing is a bit tricky though. And if you have been in social media at all, if you've ever heard about the fire festival that a guy named Billy McFarland and Ja Rule actually tried to get off the ground was one of the greatest scams through social media that involved many of the top social media influencers like Kylie Jenner. Even the big tobacco companies are currently under the microscope by the FTC and the FDA. Because where we all know they can no longer advertise directly buying cigarettes as they used to do, they went back to an old form of marketing that many people don't have any idea how it worked. You see, the way to get the masses to start buying cigarettes 
is get the celebrities to, st- to start smoking cigarettes when they're on a talk show for an interview. When they're with the popper, when they're out and about and they're getting photos by the paparazzi and they've got a cigarette in their hand. Now, influencers were being paid to strategically place cigarette packs next to their laptop at a coffee shop, putting up quote unquote authentic posts and videos <coughs> with strategic product placement because it wasn't a hard sell. It wasn't a buy and smoke our product. It was the subliminal impression and they're about to be reamed for it at another exponentially high cost. So as a business, if you're looking of how can I leverage influencer marketing, there are a couple of things that I want to inform you of that can help you determine is an influencer good or not. As I said, non-celebrity influencers are 10 times more likely to influence purchases over a celebrity influence. Now, you may be asking, what kind of return can I even expect if I hire an influencer? Well, based on current numbers, you can expect an 11 times more ROI by using influencer marketing over all other forms of marketing. That's pretty powerful when you think about it. So for every dollar spent on influencer partnerships, there's an average return of about $7.65 in return. So if you spend $1,000 in influencer partnerships, you could get $7,000 in return, almost $8,000. Again, overall, an 11 times more ROI generated by influencer marketing. So what gives them influence? And how do you vet? How do you audit an influencer? Well, first, let me tell you, there's two kinds of influencers. There's the micro influencer that has anywhere from, let's say, 500 to 1,000 followers to 50,000 followers. And then your macro influencers, your big influencers are going to be 50,000 plus, typically 100,000 to the millions. But due to the algorithms of Instagram and Facebook, the exposure of their content greatly varies and is determined by the level of authentic engagement that an influencer has with their followers. But a micro-influencer is gonna be way more advantageous for you as a business because they're gonna be more localized and they're way more personal and they're also, their ego is not overinflated. I'm gonna be straight up honest. There have been some macro influencers that I have known over the years that I've actually known before they even became an influencer and their egos are off the charts. And they're also scared shitless because their following was initially gained by showing their tits and ass everywhere in their bikinis and their fitness gear, but they had no substance. And yes, their following may have gained exponentially because of their lewd, suggestive, and sexual-based content. If your dove 
brands, you wouldn't want to pay that influencer any money to influence because their audience is all horny men. <laughs> so you're trying to sell you're trying to sell steak to a vegan. It's not going to happen. So the engagement or the audience, excuse me, has to be important, as does the engagement. Now, it used to be that followings, that the following numbers was important. Do not give a shit about the followings, about the follower numbers, because you can buy those. We all know that. You can also buy likes and comments. Well, the only value that an influencer has is value that they bring to the table. And the only way to know, is it going to be a good investment to work with a particular influencer, macro or micro, is number one, do they have solid engagement? And there's actually a tool that you can go to to audit an influencer. It's called Flanks, P-H-L-A-N-X. And you put in the handle from their Instagram profile and it'll tell you their engagement rate, the average likes and comments per post. But what you also need to do is let's say somebody has a really high engagement rate and the higher engagement rate, the better. At this point, if you're a really solid micro influencer, again, micro being 1,000 to 50,000 followers, if you're really good, your content is solid, they, the influencer does, it, does their due diligence by maintaining authentic interactions with their fans, then their engagement rate could be as high as 10%. For your macro influencers, your engagement may be around one to one and a half percent. Now, don't let those vanity metrics though really determine if this influencer is truly an influencer or if they are just a hoarder of fake attention. So how do you do that? Well, you go look at their posts. And again, you, you take their following and you look at their likes and comments and you calculate to determine what the engagement rate is on that post. But then you need to look at the comments. Because if the comments are nothing more than, hey, that's great, or awesome, or emoji thumbs up, that's not real focused engagement. You need engagement that matters. And you also need to see if that influencer is replying to the comments of their followers. <coughs> if they are not, they are not a professional influencer. They don't see the importance of engaging with the user. And because they're not engaging with the user that comments on their posts, then Instagram is not going to be approving them and rewarding them with higher engagement because they're showing that they don't give a shit about the user. They post, then they walk away. But what is truly focused engagement? Focused engagement is not only giving gratitude that somebody authentically posted or commented on your post, there should be questions. There should be an effort to really create meaningful conversations because that is what the algorithms of Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn is really looking for to determine who's going to be rewarded with more exposure and more users to see their content. Now you're probably wondering, okay, so what does it really cost? 
if I found some influencers that I really think would be a good fit for me, they, you know, if, if you're a home builder and, um, you know, let's say you've got some model homes, well, I highly recommend you looking up some influencers in your area that are all about home fashion, home decor, and you invite them to come and do and tour the, your model homes. Now you could be wondering, okay, what does it cost? What is the cost of advertising on social media? Let me break it down for you. And I'll tell you based on current numbers. And this is going to be Instagram. If somebody has anywhere from two to 10,000 Instagram followers, the going rate's about anywhere from 75 to $250 per post. They have 10,000 to 50,000 Instagram followers, 250 to $500 per post. 50,000 to 100,000 followers, 500 to 1,000 per post. 100,000 to 500,000 Instagram followers, 1,000 to $3,000 per post. 500,000 followers, $3,000 per post and up. When you're looking at the top Instagram influencers, like let's take uh, like Selena Gomez, like she was at the top there for a while. She had 122 million followers. She was um, charging up to $550,000 per sponsored post. <laughs> That's a lot of money. But there's also some changes that has occurred. And like I said, because of Fire Festival, there is now a crackdown because social media was grossly unregulated. Advertising in mainstream media is regulated by the Federal Trade Commission. Well, once the fire Festival and that debauchery ensued, the watchdogs came out because the thing that the FTC really regulates, it's a consumer, it's a consumer protection agency that their, their point is to work to prevent fraudulent or deceptive advertising and really an effort to help educate marketers about their responsibilities and truth in advertising laws and standards. That's really the premise. And you can actually go to the FCC and look at their guide and look at their facts. So Instagram sent out a letter to the top 90 influencers of that month and warned them that they have to give full disclosure in their post when they are paid to post about a product, brand, service, whatever. Because the power of a non-celebrity influencer is that when a follower sees them, we feel as though we're a part of their life. We feel like we are hanging out at their dinner table. And when somebody starts saying, oh my gosh, oh my God, I love this tea. This tea is like so amazing. Man, I've been feeling so much better. Uh, oh my God, it's just, it's just incredible. You're like, oh my God, well, what kind of tea is it? Oh, it's this tea that I picked up and I've been drinking it for a couple of weeks and man, my skin is cleared up and blah, blah, blah. Well, all of a sudden now, you want to try that tea because you believe what your friend is telling you that this tea is amazing. But what if you found out that your friend was paid to say that? You feel duped. You feel cheated. You feel wronged. You feel deceived by someone you trusted. And this is the problem that we are facing with influencer marketing. 
So for you as a business looking at who to hire, there are some questions that you need to first of all look at and audit. Like I said, you go look at their post. You audit to see are they authentically engaging with followers, with users that have commented on their posts. If they are not replying, they don't care. So what makes you think they're going to care about your business? Also, when you see posts that they are clearly promoting a product, could be a drink, could be a shirt, could be shoes, could be a bag, could be at a cafe, whatever. And if they don't clearly have displayed, and it, it is a selection when they post in their advanced settings that Instagram has created that actually allows them to select paid partnership. And that's going to be stated right underneath their handle or their name of their page on that post. It'll say paid partnership or paid sponsorship. Now, before Instagram created this, there were some guidelines that said you have to put in hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored, and it had to be clearly visible by the user. Couldn't have been hidden amongst 5,000 other hashtags in the post, which is what they were doing because influencers were trying to be deceitful by acting as if they really love the sneaker, acting as if they really love that new detox tea, acting as if they love lunch at that restaurant, acting as if they love flying on United, acting as if they love their favorite car is a Cadillac. Their favorite soap or shampoo to use in their hair. Well, then Instagram took it one step further. To abide by FTC guidelines, influencers have to select that it's a paid sponsorship, as well as also in the hashtags using hashtag ad, hashtag sponsored. So if an influencer is not following those best practices, two things can happen. As the watchdogs are cracking down, that influencer number one can be penalized or even having their account deleted. And you as a business, your account could be flagged banned or deleted as well. So there is some due diligence that must be done on the influencer side. And I hope influencers are listening right now and getting this through your influencer skull. Yes, you kind of stepped into this industry as an influencer, not understanding the professional practices that you must abide by because you are a media company. Now, businesses that are looking to hire an influencer, I want to give you another tip of some information you should be asking. You should be asking this influencer to see their media kit. Because bottom line, what is the only important metric whenever you advertise, whenever you even consider hiring an influencer, is what is the direct impact in the sales of your business? Either traffic walking through the doors of your building or purchases on your website. Those are the only two metrics that matter. So when you finally find a list of influencers that you feel as though have been vetted, they do best practices by being 
completely transparent when they are talking about a brand that they are paid to talk about. They are engaging with followers. You then need to determine through their history, can they actually prove, do they actually have metrics? Do they actually have analytics that prove when they made a post about a particular product and or service and or brand, there is a direct result of an increase in sales of X amount? Because that will determine for you if that is going to indeed be a good investment as an influencer. In influencers, if you do not even know what a media kit is, you need to Google it. I suggest also maybe going and talking to your uh, the, the editor of a local magazine because they have to produce a media kit to potential advertisers. Google what a media kit is. Google what an influencer media kit is. But here is some information that you need to have and prove your value as an influencer and not just a hoarder of fake attention. You need to show the direct correlation of your posts, your mentions, your tags of products and services you were paid to promote, and you can show a direct increase in in-store visits, in-store sales, online views, online visits, and online transactions and dollar revenue attributed to that effort. Because what you're going to do as an influencer is now prove that you really are a professional. You understand the power of what you're doing and you can prove that if a brand wants to hire you because you can show them your audience demographics, <coughs> male versus female engagement rates and true direct website visits, again, in-store visits and purchases, you can track it and you can show it and you can prove it, you are going to win the business because you build a profile about your audience and what people actually respond most to. And that business owners, I'm talking to you now, are what you need to be asking. Now, there are databases and management firms that manage a lot of influencers and many times managing the same influencers. But what you can do to go look to go see who are the influencers that maybe are in your local area, you need to go to Instagram and go click on a city up in the, when you click on the little magnifying glass down in the bottom. And then when you click on explore, you'll see places. So put in your city or the city that you want to penetrate. The top nine posts are, have the most engagement in the past 24 hours. Below that is going to be just the most recent that are currently being added to the hashtag bank as people are posting. But the top nine, the top nine squares you see are going to be the post by the most relevant and engaging in the area and you start looking around start doing your due diligence to really seek out you find one you like you vetted them then send them a direct message but also comment on a couple of the posts and say love your content would love to discuss a partnership i'm sending you a direct message aka dm same thing on youtube look at the influencer 
And then you want to get statistics. You want to get the data to determine, is this going to be a good investment of your money as a business? The age of building a business online is one part your own effort as a brand. But if you're trying to get visibility, then you have to hack the audiences of others who are your potential prospective customers. <coughs> There's a reason why Super Bowl advertising on television is the only time you should ever advertise on TV. Because that is the only time that we as consumers are actually in the moment where we want to sit down and watch television commercials. <laughs> it's crazy, right? It's funny. Makes me laugh. But that's the only time that it's actually worth it. Outside of that, if you want to get exposure about your business, then hack the, the audiences, hack the attention of those that already have it. Now, I told you also, you can be running advertisements through social media on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. And that's exceptionally amazing because you can specifically target geographically, gender, age, where they live, income percentile, interests. It's phenomenal. You can get really crazy micro with, with Google with geofencing if you want to advertise to people that do business with your competitor, <laughs> you can get pretty savage with it. It's pretty amazing. But we're talking about influencers. So if you do wanna look at influencers, you wanna really determine is influencer marketing good for your business? Yes, it is, I'll tell you straight up, absolutely. But you just have to make sure that you're investing in the right influencers to begin with? Are they following proper business practices in every post that is a paid partnership? Do they have real engagement, focused engagement? Do they really give a shit about the followers and those that engage with their posts? And can they prove their value with a media kit that shows a direct correlation to their influence and the dollars that they contributed to that business that paid them to promote them? That's how you get the biggest bang for your buck when you're hiring an influencer and if you're an influencer trying to get paid. I really do hope that this podcast has been exponentially informative and enlightening because this is where it's at, folks. Authenticity in marketing is where it's at. There's a reason why the big beer brands realized they couldn't compete with the craft beers, people wanted local beer. It was crafted by real people in their local community. There was a story behind it. There wasn't a story behind Coors and Bud and Miller. So what did the big beer brands do? They started buying the craft beers. Because people want authenticity. And if you fake it, you lose their trust. So if you really want to build your business by leveraging the audiences 
and influence of true influencers. Determine, do you need a macro influencer or a micro influencer? I suggest micro. Because they're way more authentic, they're way more gracious, a lot more humble, and way easier to work with. And they will typically bend over backwards and jump through hoops because they're just stoked with the fact that a business is willing to pay them some money to post about something. But make sure you're doing it with micro-influencers that understand the professionalism of what they are doing. Remove your emotion from it because they might look great, they might be cute, they might have some following, but if they can't properly execute with due diligence the professional way to influence their audience, it's gonna be a waste of your money and it's gonna be a headache. Yes, it requires working with a lot more micro-influencers than one big macro-influencer, but you want authenticity. People know that when you look at big macro-influencers, they're kind of a celebrity of a sense. People know and they assume when they post about something that they're paid to post about it because their ego is so big that they're not going to waste their time and their audience posting about something unless they're paid to talk about it. There are a lot of them out there. They're in it for the buck. The micro-influencers are in it because they still love being on social media. It's not necessarily a business to them, but they would love to at least leverage their influence with their audience and make a few extra bucks. Influencers, pony up. Time to take it serious because you can be paid. But if you want to be paid continually, consistently by brands and have repeat customers, do it right. Be the most professional damn influencer you can be by bringing exponentially way more value than any other influencer ever could because you, would, you will become the influencer that brands want to work with. And as long as you remain authentic, you remain transparent and only partner with brands that you truly believe in, you will not lose the trust of your audience. As a matter of fact, you'll probably increase it more because you're open about it. Google a media kit, figure your shit out, get your ducks in a row and take your influence serious. Because you are in a time where you have the greatest opportunity to move the needle in business. Thank you so much for listening. If this has been even remotely helpful or insightful, all I ask is that you share it with a friend, truly. I see so many businesses scratching their head. They don't know how to go about this. And I want to help, uh, help people avoid making some common mistakes, both as a business hiring influencers and influencers looking to get hired. Guys, I'm always going to shoot it to you straight because I just want you to succeed and I want, want you to win. And I see so many people doing it wrong. Be honest. Don't take advantage. Be truthful. But take this serious. As a business, you don't have money to waste. You want, you want to get a return? Invest in the right influencers. Influencers. If you want brands to invest in you, and by investing, they want to return, and you want to continue to earn more money, continue to bring more value. And show them 
a level of professionalism that they've never seen before. That's your choice. The results are because of your decisions. Whether you make good ones or bad ones, the results are going to be the proof. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, I am Michael David. I am Audi. Be great.